so quick to point a finger and judge things from my point of view. The things that we say, the trouble it makes, it hurts you and it hurts me too. This is such a fallen world we live in. It's really not the way it's supposed to be. What if we could see each other different? It'd probably change everything. We're all broken people. Don't we all need Jesus? Every moment of our lives. 24, 3, 6, 5, our human is equal. Don't we all have our weakness? Hey. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody needs that grace. We all need Jesus. Don't we all need Jesus? Oh, we all, we all, we all, we all. Everybody needs a savior. Even the ones who think they don't. We got stuff we hide deep down inside. There's so much that we
Moment of 1C, would you please rise for our first song?
You may be seated. Look who I found out in the family gathering area. You saw a picture of them, I don't know, about a month ago after we found out that we were going to get a DCE intern, and it's Tim and Josie. Now, I asked him really last minute, why don't you tell everybody what is a DCE? Because you're probably going through the letters going, what, do, what, what, do, what does it stand for? And what is it that you're going to be doing in ministry here? Yeah, so DCE stands for Director of Christian Education, and I will be a DCE intern. So I've completed the first part of my training to learn how to uh, plan and lead uh, learning opportunities uh, for people to grow and begin the relationship with Jesus uh, throughout the lifespan. Um, and the second half of my learning opportunity is here, getting to uh, learn as an intern and uh, grow with you all through uh, youth and children's ministry. Wonderful. Yeah. Very excited. Between now and, we'll just say July 4th, when they'll be like, here, here, um, they've got so much going ahead of them. Uh, finish the school year out, uh, summer camp for Josie in Indiana, summer camp here, and they're getting married in June. Woohoo! I know. So just a couple things on the stress meter. Uh, so I wanted to actually pray for them right here, right now, as they have a couple months of lots of things happening and asking God's grace and love to be with you. Lord Jesus, we come to you and we thank you that you're a God who loves, a God who is so committed to his children. And so we lift up to you, Tim and Josie, we thank you um, for uh, placing them into our midst. And we pray uh, a blessing, uh, just not not only on the ministry that's going to take place, but the next couple of months. Um, a lot of things happening, a lot of things to do. And may you be with and bless them, give them strength as uh, they just have lots of things. And bless their wedding day and marriage. May it be filled with your love and the joy that you can give. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, another round of applause. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Uh, a couple things. Just so you know, as they move this way, if you know of any place that's for rent, let me know. I, I'm just thinking it might be good for them to have a place to live. I don't know. So if you, if you have a lead of, on something, let me know, really. Um, it's going to be about two months or so, but uh, we'll... Uh, welcome, all of you. I know we have guests here today because today is confirmation um, and we're, raise a hand if you're one of our confirmants. Just raise, raise your hand. All right, here's the question. When is confirmation? Anytime. Very good. It's not just a certain Sunday in April. Confirmation is anytime, any place. It's in the hallways of school. It's whatever. And so that's one of the things we talked about. So we're going to have that. And just so you know, it's at the end of the service. All right. During this sermon, Greg's going to be over here, and he's going to bring you up here for confirmation, so just be ready for that um, exciting time. Uh, a couple of quick announcements. Um, again, if you're a guest, thank you for coming. God bless you. Let your, um, if you would, stop at Family Gathering. We have a gift for you. We'd love to meet you and greet you. You can also text us, uh, 1C guest to 94,000. That lets us know that you're here, and 
and then we can be in um, contact with you if you have any questions. Also, prayers, we're going to have a little bit later. So if you have a prayer that you would like included in the service today, text your prayer request to 402-242-5051, and we'll include them in worship. Also, we're going to have communion a little bit later. And here at 1C, we believe it's bread and wine, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And so if this is uh, what you believe, we invite you and encourage you to join us in this celebration that God gives. And if you didn't receive the elements on the way in, um, during the next song, you can actually, if you want to go in the family gathering area by the kitchen window, and you can receive the elements for communion. So uh, please do that as well. Um, just so you know, the month of May, we're going to recognize um, several groups of people, and then also in September. So May 2nd, we're going to be recognizing uh, those in the education field. Um, all the stuff that you have gone through over the last year, wow, amazing, thank you. So um, be thinking, you know, be here May 2nd at both services, we're going to recognize you and give you a gift. Um, and then don't forget Mother's Day the week after that. And then May 16th, we're, we're going to recognize um, our healthcare workers. And we're going to give thanks to God for all that they have done during this COVID time, this crazy COVID time. So be thinking that way. And then May 23rd is uh, graduates, high school, college. If you are graduating, moving on, we want to recognize you, celebrate, and pray for you. So be thinking about that as well. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's it. All right, let's worship. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. And the word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory revealed. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, and rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day. Far away and around. 
yourself dressed this morning yeah oh good job all right now how about brush your teeth did you brush your own teeth this morning good okay not as many hands I wonder if either you didn't brush your teeth or you had help maybe um how about this one's a little bit trickier raise your hand if you tie your own shoes oh I see a lot of hands up all right well who who helped you learn how to do those things Jesus helped you that's awesome who else helped you learn how to do those things? Brush your teeth, get dressed, tie your shoes. Parents? Mommy and daddy? Grandma? Huh. I know Jesus is with you in school, but your mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, were they with you in kindergarten class? That's just kind of weird. You know what? If they were, your kindergarten class might look like this video. Good morning, Reagan. Good morning. Good morning, Madison. Good morning, Johanna. Good morning, Good morning. Johnny. People are always asking me why. Why do the same thing every year? Why not move on? And I say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Johnny. Present. I'm comfortable. I know the routine. United States of America and to the Republic. And I don't want to brag, but. I'm pretty popular around here. I do really well in sports. No! No! Not my house! Well, I'm just very successful yes. here. Why would I go and mess that up by graduating? A B. But I mean, in the first grade, I may not know all the answers. D. D. Dog. E. The hours are longer. I hear they don't even have nap time. I mean, I just don't see the upside. Then first grade leads to second grade, second to third. It's really good. Then you're in high school reading boring books with no pictures. Three, four, five. But he was still hungry. Next thing you know, people expect you to get a job and give up summer vacation. 
No, sir. I think I've found my niche. Thank you very much. Home sweet kindergarten. Besides, I mean, what if I failed first grade? How humiliating would that be? Nope, just don't think I could handle that kind of embarrassment. That was not a good choice. Very disappointed. Well, hopefully that's not what your kindergarten class looked like. Um, because God gives us family, doesn't he? He puts us in families. We have aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, grandma, grandpas, moms, dads. And not so that we have classmates, but so that we have people around us that love us, care for us, teach us things like how to tie our shoes, get dressed, brush our teeth, things like that. Um, and you know what? As we learn and grow, boys and girls, we, maybe we have younger brothers and sisters or friends that we can help teach the things that we've learned. And in the same way, we have a spiritual family. We have big spiritual brothers and sisters that can help teach us the things in, of faith and grow in our faith. And at the same time, as we are learning and growing in our faith, we may have some spiritual younger brothers and sisters that we can help teach things to as well, our friends. And so God gives us that family to be able to do that. And God makes us all family when in baptism we have the name of our God placed on us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God welcomes us into his family, calls us his own child, and then through faith in that, trusting in what Jesus did for us on the cross, dying and rising from the grave alive, we receive that in faith and we are loved, forgiven children of God. And that is a, an awesome gift that God gives to us. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for our spiritual family. Help us to grow in our faith as we help others grow too. Amen. As we continue with communion, uh, if you would, take the elements out. And we're going we're gonna to do what the Bible says, is we're going to confess our sins, we're going to examine ourselves, we're going to hear about the forgiveness that comes in Jesus, and then we're going to celebrate this meal, because it's a gift of grace for people like you and me. So let's go to him now in prayer. Oh, gracious God, we come to you today and we, we confess uh, we do sin, we, we miss the mark, we fall short of the desire you have for your children. And we know, as your word tells us, that we would be lost forever. But thank you. Thank you that because of your love for us, you sent your son. And because of his love for us, he was willing to suffer and die for the sins of the world. So this moment... We hear of that forgiveness, and in just a moment, we're going to taste and see your goodness and grace for all of us. So prepare our hearts now, Lord, to receive this meal as we rejoice in your goodness and mercy that endures forever. Amen. I'm going to start, I'm going to share with you the scripture where we get the, the instruction for communion, and then after that, I'll invite you to take the elements individually. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper. And after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would, take the bread and take and eat. This is the body of Christ given for you. Then if you would, take the wine or the juice and take and drink. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen.
celebrate their new life with Jesus and help them to walk with you. And Father, we just want to thank you for bringing Tim and Josie into the 1C family. Put a blessing upon them. And Father, we just thank you for all the prayers unspoken here this morning also, that you know what's on our hearts and you. You just are there waiting for us to lay it all at your feet at the cross. And Father, we just thank you that you hear us. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, in the glory forever and ever. Amen. A picture is worth a thousand words. Now you might be looking at that and you're going, get on with this. I don't, it's, it's a little sign, a garbage thing, and some plywood. 
Let me give you the story so that that picture can be a thousand words. Last Sunday, Kristen and I got in the car and we drove to Minnesota. Um, she was going to have some treatment for what ails her, and so we were driving there. She falls asleep, and I couldn't help but think of what's happening in Minnesota and Minneapolis, St. Paul area in particular. Um, some of you may remember that uh, Memorial Day, last Memorial Day, um, George Floyd was killed. And uh, there's a trial going on, and I'm like, okay, I wonder how things are going, because the news, right, there's protests and riots and things like that, so I was feeling a little bit anxious, like, okay, how's it going to be when we get there, and what's it going to be like? And when we pulled into the, the town and into the area, we saw one building after another, like this. This happens to be a Dairy Queen. Now, don't go thinking that I'm just going for ice cream, right? I actually pulled over because I was looking for a place to get Wi-Fi and, and work on something. So I pulled in, and this is kind of an older Dairy Queen, if you've seen some of those, where like three of the walls are like all glass, all right? And then you just have the front, and you have these little two-by-two two little windows. Well, every bit of glass was boarded up, okay? So that's what, what you see there. And I thought it's a little bit of irony, isn't it? All right? It says we're open, and yet not. And you can have your opinions, and, and I'm going to be touching on some things today, and today is not about anything political. Today is talking about how do people like you and me navigate in a world where there's brokenness, pain, injustice, sin. I mean, I don't know what word you want to attach to it, but we live in a world that is not perfect, and I think you know that. How do we navigate in that? Now, here's the thing. So I get there and I see this and I'm feeling all of this. And then um, I was going one direction with my sermon. All of a sudden, I just really felt as if God was saying, go this way. A whole different direction. And, you know, it, it fits our, our theme and you can see it up on the walls. Um, this idea of community matters. But we're going to specifically talk about this community, what does it mean to be united, and what does it mean to be the body of Christ in a world that's broken? So I'm going to attempt to do this. I am not going to solve um, world problems. I'm not going to solve injustice, but I do want to touch on the topic of how do people like you and me live in this world today, and I think it's very appropriate on Confirmation Sunday because it's not just those six confirmands that are going to confirm their faith, but all of us confirm our faith when we get out these doors and into this world. Immediately, I thought of Ephesians chapter 4 to be the text for today. I think Paul is just nailing it right on the, on the head here. And so I'd like for you and me to join together to read this out loud. And this is from Ephesians 4 verses 1 to 6. So let's read this together. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope 
when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for placing in front of us today your word, the scriptures. Thank you for the truth that we find in it. We thank you for your servant, Paul, whom you've inspired to be able to give us some things to wrestle with. So now we ask, very specifically, that your Holy Spirit would be sent in a powerful way into our hearts, our minds, our lives. Help us understand more fully what you want to teach us today as we, your children, live out our life in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we're going to get right to it, and um, Ephesians 4, verse 1. Now, one of the disciplines, whenever you look at the Bible, and if you look at one specific verse like there, it's Ephesians 4, verse 1, it's really good to understand context. So you can look at the verse, and the verse is really good, but context means what is going on in the scriptures around this. I mean, we know a couple things. Paul is the author. We know that he wrote it to a church in Ephesus. Ephesus was a certain place, but it was probably the kind of letter that was a, kind of a circular letter that would be sent out and into all the regions around. So it was really specifically to this young group of believers, but he was sending it out to this group because there was a need. Paul heard word that they were struggling. And they were struggling with unity. They were struggling with walking together. And they were divided and fighting. And it just wasn't pretty. And so Paul is addressing that. Now the first three chapters, he's, he's kind of setting it up for chapter four. The first three, he is really talking about the mystery of the gospel. Now what do you mean by that? Because it's... It, well, we know it's about Jesus, and he suffered and died. That's not mystery. The mystery revolved itself around the fact that there were a group of people, the Jewish people, who felt that they were the chosen ones, and that this good news, this gospel, was for them. But Paul, Jesus, I mean, we can go into the Old Testament. The real truth is, this gospel was for Jew and for Gentile. Now, who are Jews and who are Gentiles? Jews are descendants of Abraham. Gentile is pretty much anybody else. And when you think about that region, okay, Rome had a big influence and it would kind of start spreading out all over. So now what Paul is saying is that this good news, this mystery of the gospel is for everyone, for all people. And this was not sitting well with with many people. So, context. So, we're ready now to go into chapter 4. We're going to take a look at verse 1. And here we have Paul starting out this chapter with these words. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now let's go to the word calling. What does that mean to be called. You know, this calling is about being brought into the family of God. This calling is about the grace of God, and not necessarily 
who you are. This calling is God-loving humanity right where they are, whether it's Jew or Gentile, whether it's somebody that's tall or short, or somebody that's a different color than us. This calling has everything to do with God, and we get to receive this. That's what Paul is getting at. This is not a new concept. This is something, as I mentioned, you can look into the Old Testament and you get a flavor of this. Uh, This is Genesis chapter 12. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And again, for the Jewish people, descendants of Abraham, they're kind of sitting there going, yep, yep, that's me. That's me. I'm liking this. This is all about me. And they were feeling this way from generation after generation after generation. But then we're told some more here. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So we get a hint here. This is the first hint, Genesis 12. That this good news of God's love, being part of his family, is not just going to be for the Jewish people. It's going to be for anyone who welcomes this good news of God's love for them. So, again, storyline. Storyline. God is in love with his people. God understands the brokenness. God understands the need. And he is now going to respond. And he started back in Genesis 3 with the, the salvation plan. And this good news is going to be for everybody, all right, for everyone. All right, let's go back to that Ephesians 4, 1 verse. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. I want to back up to those words, to live a life, whether you're Jew or Gentile, whether it's 2,000 years ago or whether it's today, it's one thing to say and to believe, it's another thing to live it out. And I think that's what Paul is trying to say. Your calling, that's really good. Your calling, it, it makes you who you are. But also your calling is to be lived out in what you do. That's why, you know, when I met with the Compromands and, and we had our interviews, uh, we talked about this, and I, and I asked the question, I even told him in advance, this is a trick question, and I'm going to ask you this question at your interview. When is confirmation? The short view would be, well, it's going to be like in April, uh, somewhere, I, like the last Sunday in April, right? Yes, that's true. You get to confirm your faith that day. But to living it out means it's going to be today, it's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be wherever you are. You get to live it out. In other words, this good news of God's love for this world gets to be evidenced in what you do as you live out this calling. And and again, I think Paul is really trying to bring it home to the church in Ephesus, but we'll say the church today. You and me, we've been called into the family of God, and now we get to live this out. Now, what does it look like? How does it look? He doesn't leave us um, in the dark. He goes like this. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Wow. What a, 
What a beautiful picture, but maybe tough, right, at times. Probably more often than we care to admit. This idea of being humble, being patient, being kind. I mean, really, I think what Paul is getting at is be Christ-like. Live your life in the pattern of Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, live it in the pattern of Christ. Now, how does that work out in a world that we have today? And if you're sitting here today and you have been um, maybe one of three perspectives, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I'm from the perspective, I'm observing some of this injustice going on and some people being hurt. And it's just, it's real, okay? It's real. So I'm kind of looking in it. Maybe you're sitting here saying, I've been on the receiving end of injustice. And maybe you're even bold enough to say, because of sin, I've even had done some injustice. And I'm going to say, no matter which one of those three, I think God holds out to you and to me and says, this is the way to be. Be humble. Be Christ-like. I mean, think of how Jesus, when he painted the picture on the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about, um, let me just grab that, some of those words. He says, poor in spirit, meek, merciful, pure in heart, and to be peacemakers. Just in that one sermon that he preached. This is the way of the cross. This is the way of love. This is what God has called us into and he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light so we would be light into this world. Kind of amazing storyline. And yet if we sit back and we're, uh, we're doing what humans often do is we, we, we go like this. Well, just wait a minute here. <clears throat> like for the Jewish person back then, they would be sitting back saying, I'm God's chosen people. I know the word of God. I've been taught that. I have certain privilege because I'm part of the chosen people. Or you could be on the other side of it with the Gentiles and sit back and say, we have this beautiful Greek culture. We have all these things, and I have privilege too. Or maybe we are here in 2021. And maybe you're t tempted like I am, is to sometimes think that we have certain privileges and I really believe that Jesus demonstrated perfectly what it meant to live a life of love, to be a peacemaker. It means bringing peace into a circumstance, into a situation, in order to bring comfort and hope and this love. Now, if you sit here today and you're like, well, you know, I can relate to it on a couple levels, but I've had injustice and I'm hurting and I can't, this is just too much for me. Well, in James chapter 1, we have some words of encouragement. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Maybe you've heard some of the stories. I am amazed when this happens. When an injustice has happened to somebody and their family, and you sometimes see the court situation where, I remember recently, it was, I think it was a mother, saying to the person that was just convicted, I forgive you. 
How can you even get there? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And when we're in the middle of it, it's so easy to sit back and say that I'm the victim. But I also want you to know that because of Jesus, we could be the victor. To stand up and stand up in the midst of even adversity and trial and injustice and hurt. That's the kind of God that we have who will come right alongside of us and give us all that we need in order to be what he's called us to be. So now, I'm going to share Ephesians 4, 4 to 6. Now before I do this, confirmands, if you would make your way over to here, and Greg, wherever you are, if you would start gathering them and come up on stage, I'm going to share Ephesians 4, 4 to 6. This, I think he's bringing it home, and I think Paul is putting it out there for us today. He says this, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. So what does that look like? Come on up if you would. It means when we are dealing with injustice or pain or whatever we're dealing with, it means that we celebrate the most important thing. Anybody ever hear that, that question? What is the most important thing? And uh, anybody want to give, give it a try, what you think it is? Honey? The most important thing is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins so they can build a relationship with him. Yes. Okay. You didn't maybe get to hear it. The most important thing is that Jesus died on a cross for us and rose again so we can have a relationship with him. I hope you know that. I hope that's something that you hold on to tightly when you live in a world that is being shaken right now. And it will shake until Jesus comes again. You hold on to that one important thing. Hold on to it for dear life and with dear life because it's going to give you that life. So this is a great opportunity we're going to have now, all of us together. Uh, you didn't know that you get, this is your confirmation day too. Did you know that? Ten years ago, I had one of these epiphanies, you know, these moments where it's like, oh, I got an idea. And the idea was this. At every confirmation, once a year, I would love the congregation, the family of God. It doesn't matter who you are in this family. If you're a guest here today from a different church, we're going to confirm our faith together. And so I'm going to go through a series of questions, and I'm going to give you the privilege of responding right alongside these confirmants because there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I mean, the whole big long seven ones, um, that means all of us together. So you, you get to see it down here. Isn't that kind of cool? And you get to see it up there. So I'm going to give you the series of questions. And if you would, please um, share this out loud like you really mean it. And that's for all of you too. Because sometimes you could be up here and it's kind of, I'm a little shy. I don't want to, you know, Say it like you mean it. Say it like it's important. 
Um, so, do you this day, in the presence of God and of this congregation, acknowledge the gifts that God gave you in your baptism? Yes, I do. Okay, I like it. Do you renounce the devil? Do you renounce all his works? Do you renounce all his ways? Do you believe in God the Father Almighty? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? By the Holy Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary, Pontius Pilate was crucified and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes, believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Christian Church the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? Do you confess the doctrine or the teachings of the Evangelical Lutheran Church drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism to be faithful and true? Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? I'm just going to stop there for a moment. Even unto death. That's a pretty big commitment. Okay, pretty big commitment. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of the Lord. You have confessed the faith and been absolved of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and, re and receive his blessed sacrament, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. So one of the things that we do is we encourage our confirmands to pick a Bible verse and really, in a sense, make it their own. And again, there's from Genesis all the way to Revelation, there's a lot of Bible verses you can pick. So I want you to know that these young people picked these verses for their confirmation day and also confirmation life. And so Greg is going to um, share the name and the Bible verse, and then I get to share a blessing. Kyson Grape, the verse you chose is Proverbs 25, 28. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. been uh, reading this verse a couple times. Um, probably the first time I've ever had a compromise pick this verse. I don't know if you have ever heard it. Um, Kaisen, um, awesome Bible verse. 
and the awesome concept of this idea of self-control. And it's a gift that God gives. So may you experience his Holy Spirit. May you experience that self-control in such a way that will honor him in all that you do. Natalie Navarrete. The, the verse you chose is Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Natalie, again, God's word, the scriptures is powerful. I mean, we live in a world where there's lots of fear. There's lots of unknowns. So my prayer for you is that as you look at this, word, uh, this scripture, that you would experience this, this uh, strength and the courage to live out your faith every day for the glory of God. Amen. Nathaniel Neverett. The verse you chose is Ephesians 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4, this is what I preached on. Um, so the whole context of this is God's grace wants to be in you and through you. And, and this idea of being kind to one another, um, being tender-hearted, it is something that um, is evidence in you. I got to meet you a couple times specifically in my office, getting ready for confirmation. Uh, my prayer is God's spirit would continue to cultivate that. You would grow in that as you live for him. Amen. Charlie Preister. The verse you chose is Matthew 6, verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Ready? Sometimes I tease the compromands. I'll say, okay, there's going to be a song and that you're going to have to sing this song. And then I think Charlie even just joked about maybe doing a dance. So I don't know if you want to do that now or later. Yeah, much later, okay? <laughs> Not going to happen. Um, what does it mean to you? I mean, you don't have to answer this, but don't be anxious. When I think about your journey and all that God has done in you and through you, through your life, it's amazing. And so may you have that kind of faith to meet the days ahead in the same way that God has met your needs in the past, all for the glory of God. Brody Raymond, the verse you chose is John 8, 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk, walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Brody? Confirmation. I mean, I, you know, in, in the interview time, even in the class time, uh, you were ready and willing to, to share what you've learned over the years. Um, again, what a blessing. And my prayer is that that light of Jesus that is in you definitely will continue to shine brighter and brighter and brighter and more people would come to know Jesus through you. Amen. All right. So, two things we're going to do. I'm going to pray for them. But if you would do me a favor, um, would you just extend your hand? This is going to be a hand of blessing that I'm going to ask you to do. I want them to know that a whole bunch of people in a room at once see the sanctuary and people out on uh, the internet are going to be praying for them. So if you would just extend your hand for blessing for them as I pray. Okay, if you would. Good and gracious God, thank you again for your love for this world and, and specifically for these young people. Thank you for bringing them into your family. Thank you for making the promise that you'll always be with them to the very end of the age. 
And may they experience this love today and tomorrow and forever. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. So let's give thanks to God for what he is doing in these young people's life. Invite you to stand and sing as we make our way off the stage. Up to you. It's tough and times get hard and it's hard to find the truth and all the lies If you're tired and wondering why your heart isn't healing and nothing feels like hope cause you're lost in love just screaming when you don't know what to say Just say Jesus, just say Jesus, whisper it now, or shout it out, whenever it comes out to heal your pride.
just say Jesus Just say Jesus Just say Jesus Our worship on the screen.